Well, hey, good morning, LifePoint. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. Glad you're here with us this morning. If you were new in visiting, if you wouldn't mind uh, texting the word welcome to the number on the screen, we would love to get to know you just a little bit. I uh, promise not to bombard you with all kinds of information, but uh, yeah, that's a, just an easy step for you to take to uh, get to know us just a little bit. But hey, hope you enjoyed uh, Adam and Emily, uh, Matthew, got to uh, spend some time with them a little bit last week. Uh, they accepted the position, and so we're super excited about that and uh, excited to have them here with us. Uh, if you weren't here last week, uh, Adam uh, was a can uh, candidate for our associate pastor position and shared the Word of God with us and uh, did just a fantastic job. And we're just excited for them to come and be here uh, and help. Uh, as you can see, we're kind of growing and uh, need, need some help around here. So we're excited for them to be here and be a part of LifePoint. But uh, glad you're here this morning. Uh, if you have the scriptures with you, uh, and if you don't, uh, that's okay. But uh, always want to encourage you to uh, bring the Word of God with you. It's important that we uh, open the scriptures ourselves and read for ourselves. But we'll have the scripture up on the screen for you to follow along as well this morning. But Proverbs chapter 16 is where we're going to be this morning. We'll be in all kinds of different places. But uh, Proverbs 16 will be kind of our launching pad this morning. But we left off last time in our series called Better Things, talking about reputation, right? Like our reputation matters. It matters the kind of person that you are. It matters the kind of character that you have. It matters uh, how you respond to really all kinds of circumstances, good and bad in life, because you represent Jesus, right? We need to be reminded of that constantly. We represent the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that we say and everything we do. And so our reputation matters. And so we're gonna kind of lean into that a little bit more this morning and talk about something a little more specific. And that is this, is anger, right? Anger, the idea of anger this morning. Let me start by asking you and I to consider for ourselves this question. Uh, how often are you angry? Don't raise your hand, don't answer, right? Uh, how often do you, do you find yourself becoming angry? You know, I, I don't know if you can relate to this, but man, over the course of the past two years, it seems like uh, everyone is just angry, does it not? Like, you know, if 2020 taught us anything, it, it taught us that we live in a very angry culture, a very angry society, right? It doesn't take much to see uh, there's just really a lot of anger, you know, in and around uh, our lives. But, but what about you personally? Like, do you find yourself becoming more angry, right? Like, as you go about your life and, and, uh, uh, and, and you go to the gas station, you get, like, I always use the gas because you can see that's like a touch point for me. Like, I hate paying high, high, high gas prices, right? So every illustration is going to be like, if you're angry about gas, like, yes, that, because I am. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, but man, you go to the pump and you know, you're just like, you're angry or you like, you turn on the news and you're angry or, you know, social media and you're angry and, uh, whatever the case, like you just kind of find yourself becoming angry about everything. And I think this is just kind of a common thing. How often do you get angry? Uh, if we were to kind of ask the, the people in your lives, your coworkers, your spouse, your friends, your kids, would they identify you as an angry person? That'd be kind of an interesting, you know, thing to do to, you know, uh, ask some people like, hey, do you, do you think I'm an angry person? You know, um, do they find you to be an angry person um, in life? Uh, it, not hard to see anger around us, right? Like our, our society is so full of anger. I mean, we see it on a daily basis. People committing acts of violence. Why? Because they're angry right, about something. Uh, they're angry. They're, they're not getting something that they want in life. And so they 
commit acts of violence. But most of us here would probably say this. We'd probably say, I don't think I'm angry. Right? Like, if you're here and you're in church, you're probably like, I'm not really an angry person. Like, right? And the other person is like elbowing you like, no, like you actually are, right? Uh, you probably don't identify yourself as an angry person this morning. You would say, man, man I, I don't struggle with anger. Um, and so before you dismiss this message, let me just encourage you to lean into this and, and, and consider with me this morning that every single person in this room struggles with anger. Because anger is a human emotion, is it not? It is something that we all struggle with, whether it, it comes out you know, in our emotions or it's kind of bottled in, we all struggle with anger in some way, shape, or form. And it really matters. It matters how we use our anger. It matters how we respond to things in life. It matters that we actually identify these things because, again, we represent the Lord Jesus Christ in everything we say and everything we do. And so how we use our anger actually matters greatly this morning. Raise your hand if you got angry this last week. Let me get real personal here. <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. Some of you are like, I got angry at the gas pump. I got angry uh, at my sports team, right? Like you, you're just angry because your sports team isn't, you know, performing the way uh, that it should. I mean, politics, inflation, our boss, you know, could make us angry. Our coworkers, our favorite sports team, again, makes us angry. Maybe your spouse, your kids, your parents. I mean, your health could make you angry. The list could just go on and on and on. We live in an angry world. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, the church can, Christians can be known, listen to this, more for their anger than by their love. I read this off. I won't share all the details with you. Uh, I read this awful uh, testimony about a church uh, in a certain state that's really, really big, and I won't even name the name. Um, and you might have read it. And so if you read it, hopefully uh, you know what I'm talking about. But man, uh, this Christians essentially just like coming out in, in all this anger speech uh, that just like ruined. I read this, and I just like, my heart just like sank as I read this article about a pastor saying certain things that are true in the Bible, but yet uh, are not of God, right? And, and it just like the testimony of angry people in our world today just ruins the testimony uh, of the church and of Christians. Like we should not be known by our anger, but by our love. Amen? We ought to be known by our love, right? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And so anger in your heart and my heart uh, shouldn't be something you're known for, we're known for as Christians. And so we need to acknowledge anger is something that impacts our testimony and something that matters greatly. Like, let me just tell you, it matters greatly how you control your anger, mom and dad, as a parent. As your kids grow up in this home and, you know, are they going to, you know, grow up and one day be like, my, my home is just like an angry place right? Like that's not a healthy environment to be in. It matters in the workplace that, that as you go to work on Monday morning, like is that Christian, that person who goes to life point, are they just known as an angry person? It matters how you and I control our anger, our responses matter. But I want to make this a little personal today because anger, anger is really, anger is a personal issue, isn't it? We, we tend to, to, to put anger on other people and we say, I'm angry because they did this or said this. I'm angry because of my circumstances in, in life. But anger is a personal issue. It's your issue, right? It's our issue. Uh, no matter how much we want to blame other people or other circumstances, our anger is just that, 
It's ours, right? And so we've got to own it, and we've got to learn uh, to control it. And listen to this. We've got to use it uh, so that it actually draws us closer to Christ. And I'm going to show you some interesting things this morning that it can actually do that very thing. But it is ours to deal with. But here's what we're going to lean into this morning and focus uh, in, in this sermon that we're calling, uh, sermon series we're calling Better Things. We're looking at all the better things. If you're new to LifePoint, we're just leaning into what, what are the better things in life? What are the things that God says, hey, this is better than this? And these phrases are found all throughout the scriptures. But here's what we're going to lean into this morning. It's our bottom line for today's message. And that is, this is that anger reveals what our heart conceals, right? Anger reveals what our heart conceals. That there's something in our heart. The anger isn't really the, 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 the sole issue, the core issue, that it's actually revealing something in our heart. It is a reflection of what's happening inside of us. It's an outward expression of an inward issue in the heart. And so if anger, if anger reveals what's happening in our hearts, then listen, it actually has the ability to bring about spiritual change in our lives if we're willing, if we're willing to peer inside a little bit. If we're willing to actually ask some questions. Is it like, why am I angry? And what is happening inside of my heart? that is causing me to respond in anger. It's the gauge, so to speak, isn't it? It's the barometer. It's the thing that is like, you know, what, what's going on in my life? And, and how can I begin to peer into my heart and use my anger as a, as, as a gauge to say, I need to deal with something, amen? Uh, anger reveals what the heart conceals, and, and it's the heart we ought to be concerned about. God's concerned about your heart, right? Uh, God's not so much concerned with the outward actions. We, we often focus, don't we, on, on so many of the outward things, like talk about anger, like, well, just stop being angry. Well, if I just stop being angry, I'll be a better person, right? And that's what we try to do in life, don't we? We try to focus on these exterior things. If I could just get the exterior things, if I could just do the right things or not do the wrong things in life, I'll be okay. But God's actually more concerned about what's going on inside your heart than he is about even your actions. Remember what Jesus said about murder. Murder and anger kind of go hand in hand, do they not? Right? Uh, and Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. Let me just turn your attention to this real quick before we get to Proverbs chapter 16. He said this, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, right? Just cut and dry. One of the Ten Commandments, like, you're not supposed to kill other people, right? That's just the way it is, and that's the law of God. You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to the judgment. Everyone would agree to that and be like, yeah, we get that. That's, that's true. But Jesus takes it a step further. And he says this, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, right? right? And so Jesus takes it to another level. He's like, I'm concerned about your heart. I'm not just concerned about the outward action, like, yeah, I don't want you to kill anybody, right? But, but I'm concerned about your heart. I'm concerned about the anger within, because what's inside of your heart is going to come out in your actions as we've got to deal with the heart. The heart matters. If you want to deal with your anger, listen, you've got to deal with the heart this morning. And we've got to start asking questions like this. Why am I angry, right? Why am I angry? And what does my anger reveal about what's going on in my heart? Anger reveals what the heart conceals always. Uh, it always reveals a deeper issue. It, but most of us would say this, like most of us, if we're honest, we would say, I'm not really willing to go to those deeper issues, right? It's so much easier to stay on the surface. It's so much easier just to, to say, I'm sorry. It's just so easy to, to just not really deal with the deeper issues in our heart and to peer in and say, like, what is the core issue? What is the hurt? What is the pain? 
What is the struggle in my own heart that is causing me to respond in this way, right? To be angry. You ever know someone who's just angry all the time? Raise your hand. It's like, man, this person's like, just angry about everything. Every conversation I have, I mean, they're just angry at the world. They're angry at me. They're angry about everything in life. Listen, show me a person like that, and I will show you a person with a lot of past hurt, a lot of past pain, a lot of shame uh, in their life, failure in their life, because all of those things, all of those things cause us to be angry. And those things that, 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 that are bottled up in our lives, they've never been surrendered to Jesus. And I want I want you to know this morning that every single one of us has that, right? Every single one of us has some hurt and some pain and some failure and some shame and some guilt that is just brewing inside of us, and it comes out in anger, right? And if it's not surrendered to to Christ, man, then we'll never deal with the things that come out on the surface. So how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we leverage our anger, grow from our anger, and be controlled less by our anger? That really is the pressing question this morning. How do we grow from our anger? My hope is to show you some principles this morning, real simple, real basic, uh, and, and, and help us along this line of saying, like, how do I begin to peer into my heart and deal with the anger that is coming out in my life? Well, let's look at Scripture, amen? Because Scripture is our authority. If we, we, we want guidance and we want wisdom really to anything in life, we have got to go to the one source, and that is the Word of God. And Proverbs has something to say about anger. Let's lean into this verse a little bit. Notice it with me, and it'll be on the screen. Proverbs 16 and verse 32. Uh, Solomon says this, whoever, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. This is another better than phrase that is found in the book of Proverbs for us to really consider this morning. And I want to make a few observations about this passage before I really answer that question. How do we leverage our anger to, to use it to, to bring us actually closer to Christ, to peer into our hearts and, and not be controlled by it? But this is, a, this is a phrase, this passage in Proverbs 16.32. It's a statement that actually pops up in so many other passages throughout the Bible. And I just want to briefly show those to you before we move on. In Ecclesiastes 7, verse 9, Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes as well, wrote many of the Proverbs. But notice what he said in chapter 7 and verse 9. He says, be not quick in your spirit to become angry. Like, don't, don't explode. Right? Like, don't be that person who's just like, whatever circumstance or whatever said, you know, you just sets you off. He says, for anger, it lodges in the heart of fools. That's an interesting statement. And then in Proverbs chapter 14, I'll give you just two more real quick. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 29 says this, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper actually exalts folly. And then one last one in the New Testament, James chapter 1 and verse 19 and 20, says this, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There's a common phrase there that you probably heard or, uh, or saw in all of those passages, and that is this, this, this phrase, slow to anger. Isn't that interesting that the Bible calls us to be slow to anger, that it, it is better to be slow to anger than a whole lot of things in life. But what does that mean, to be slow to anger? We could say this. We could say that a person who is slow to anger is a person who isn't rattled easy. That, that it's a person, they're, they're people who have kind of a long fuse in life. Have you ever lit a fuse, like we're coming up 4th of July, you light a fuse, like, whoa, that, you know, that kind of lit off fast. Some people are like that. 
right? Like all it takes is a spark and they're off, man. They're, they're exploding. But some people have a longer fuse in life. They're not set off by the small things in life. They're not easily angered, but they are slow to anger. Let me ask you to consider yourself. Are, are, you, are you characterized by that this morning? Are you slow to anger? Whatever the case, I want us to notice just a few quick principles, and then I'll give you some helpful, helpful thoughts, okay? The first thing is this. Anger is a human emotion that you actually can't eradicate. Uh, we all know that, that, that anger is something every single person struggles with, but, but we often don't think this, that, that it's not something that we can actually eradicate in our lives. So we often think, oh, I can just stop being angry. I can just get rid of it in, in, in my life. But everyone gets angry. Isn't that true? Everyone just reacts or responds differently, right? Uh, for some people, their anger is on full display, right? They say and do things that, that are just plain angry. For some people, their anger is a little more hidden. They're passive-aggressive. You ever know somebody to be passive-aggressive, right? Uh, well, I think a lot of Christians can be passive-aggressive, right? I think that's just kind of common with us as well. We kind of hint around at you know, something we might be upset about, but you know, whatever the case might be. Some people, their anger is disguised as, as frustration, right? We just call it by a different name. I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. They're like, oh, we just rename it. And so it's not anger, right? They're like, I'm annoyed. Oh, that's okay. It's suddenly okay, right? Because we just called it something different, right? Um, and so the reality is we all get angry at times, right? Anger is a human emotion that you cannot eradicate. And that's what Proverbs is saying here. And I want you to notice this is so interesting. He says this, it's better to be slow to anger. It's better to be slow to anger. In all of these passages we looked at, the same phrase, better be slow, it's slow to anger, right? Isn't that interesting? Like why, why, didn't, why didn't Solomon say it's better to never be angry? Because isn't that really what we think in life? It's better to just never be angry in life, right? But he doesn't say that. Wouldn't that be the better option? Someone is like, I want you to understand it's a human emotion every single one of us deals with. You cannot get rid of it, right? But you can learn to be slow to anger. You can learn to control it. You can actually learn to grow from it in your own life when it comes up and you're like, whoa, I'm exploding, I'm angry, that we would actually realize something is going on inside my heart. See, we, we don't do this kind of heart work often. We just deal with kind of the exterior. And God says, I want you to peel a layer back, and I want you to actually begin to deal with the heart. And so listen, if it's unrealistic to think that I can rid my life, you can rid your life of anger, then this next thought is really where we, lean, we need to lean into, and that is just the key is learning to control and grow from our anger, right? The key is learning to control and grow from our anger, and that kind of flips the script, right? How do we do that? How do we learn to grow from our anger? What is God trying to reveal to me, and what is God actually trying to reveal in me. We've got to ask those questions even in the midst of our anger. And let me just tell you this morning, I guarantee you, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to peer into your heart and ask those questions and look at your life personally and not look at, well, if my circumstances and if he didn't say this and if she didn't do that and if this didn't happen in my life, then I wouldn't be angry. No, 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 no. Let's look in our heart, right? And let's begin to ask ourselves, why, why am I being angry? If you're willing to do that, then I want you to know this morning, your anger can actually become redemptive. 
Have you ever thought of anger that way? That anger can become redemptive in my life. Uh, that, that it could be something that actually could bring me closer to Jesus because I recognize that it's, it's telling me something about what's happening in my heart. Listen, if you do, then it can be the thing that can actually grow you closer to Christ in your life. And so what do we do, right? What do we do with anger? How do we respond? Do we just let it linger? Do we just hope, well, I hope that'll just get better, right? That'll stop becoming more angry. Well, let me give you just a few practical things to think about. When you find yourself becoming angry, and I'm not going to shock you with any new information. I'm just going to tell you what the scriptures are going to reveal to us this morning. When you find yourself getting angry, here's the first and the most basic thing that you and I can do this morning, and that is this, is that we need to slow down our reaction time. Right, this whole idea about being slow to anger that Solomon is, is trying to get us to understand, being slow to anger is better than the mighty, that we would actually wait to respond, that we would slow our reaction time down. I don't know about you, but this is, this is not at least common with me. Like my tendency was like, oh, you know, uh, whatever situation arises, like I'm a, I'm a pouncer. Anybody a pouncer in, in the room this morning? Right, you all like, I don't know, we're more righteous than you, pastor. You're like... We, we never do that, right? Uh, but, it, you know, but that's me, man. Like, I'm a pouncer. When I see a problem, I want to pounce. When I see an issue, like, I, I want to deal with it right away. Like, and that's not good. That's, that's not a good response. Almost like, you need to wait. You need to slow your reaction time down. Slow your response. And this is really, I want you to know the character of God. That God is slow to anger, that, that, that God has a long fuse. Let me show you a few examples this morning, and it'll be on the screen, so you, you don't have to turn there, but just, just notice it with me. Numbers chapter 14 and verse 18, it says, If the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation, God is slow to anger. Here's another one, Psalm chapter 86 and verse 15. But you, O Lord, are, uh, are, are a God merciful and gracious. Aren't you grateful for that, right? Merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Here's one more, Nahum uh, chapter 1 and verse 3. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And you can read the rest for yourself. But God, this is the character of God. This is the God who created you, created this world, the God you serve, he is slow to anger. And if you're a Christian here this morning, you're a follower of God, we ought to mimic that. Amen? That we ought to look at our own anger and say, you know what? God is slow to anger, and I ought to be slow to anger. And so a practical thing that we can learn to do is slow our response time down, slow your reaction time down. Listen, that'll save you a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, and, and, and free you from a lot of conflict in life if you're willing to just stop. Before I respond, right? Before I respond and before I react, I need to think about what's going on in my heart. Here's, here's the second thing that we need to recognize, and that is this, is that not all anger is bad anger. Did you know that, that not all anger in life is actually bad anger? I want to show you just a few things here. We just read a bunch of passages that, that talk about God is slow to anger, right? He has a long fuse. He's patient. Listen, even with a, a sinful corrupt world. This is who God is, but he does get angry. But this is the thing we often forget. Yes, God is love and God is patient. He is all of these things, but he still gets angry, right? He's angry over sin. 
the result of sin. He's, he's angry, angry over evil. He's angry over the injustice that happens in our world today. The only difference between God and us is that God never sins in his anger, right? God never sins in his anger. His anger is always just and it's always righteous. And so there is such thing as this righteous anger, right? Righteous anger. Let me show you just a few examples. Psalm chapter 4 and verse 4 says this, be angry and do not sin. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts, on your own beds, and be silent. It's kind of odd, isn't it, that the Bible would say, be angry. Like, what? Right? Like, we're, we're called to be angry? What is this all about? Uh, be angry and sin not. Not all anger is actual sinful anger. We ought to have a righteous anger over the evil that's in the world. Don't you think? We ought to look at the world, and we ought to see the corruption. We ought to see the evil. We ought to see the, the impact of sin. We ought to see the injustice in the world, and that ought to move us. That ought to create a little bit of righteous anger in our hearts and our lives that we would say, man, I, I, I don't want that to be present in my life or in my neighborhood or in my city. Like It ought to move us because it moves God. And if it moves God, Listen, we ought to be moved by it. And if we're never moved by it, we'll never do anything about it. Righteous anger, right? I love the last part of this verse in, in chapter 4, in verse 4 of Psalms. He says this, ponder in your own hearts, on your own beds, and be silent. Be angry and do not sin, but ponder. Ponder all of what you're experiencing. We ought to ponder in our hearts. We ought to think about what is my motivation. We ought to ask the question, why am I angry? And is my anger actual righteous anger? Right? Am I sinning in light of my anger? Because here's the thing. You can be angry for a righteous reason and still sin. And we see that in kind of the Christian world over and over again. But it's like, oh, it's righteous anger. Well, that doesn't mean you can do evil right? I mean, let's think about this. We ought to be angry, but we ought to be moved by compassion to bring the gospel to people because that's what they need the most. Not our judgmentalism, not our indignation, but they need the love of Jesus, right? And that's what we should be moved by. Um, if you're angry uh, for a righteous reason, you can still sin. I mean, that, that's a reality. Let me show you another verse in, in Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll really end with this uh, passage here and draw a few principles from here. Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 26 through 27 says this, be angry and do not sin. There it is again, right? There is such thing as a righteous kind of anger. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. You've probably read this before, right? Jump down to verses 31 through 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And so not all anger is bad anger. It's actually possible, right, to be angry and not sin. It's just really rare, isn't it? It's rare, I suppose. Most of our anger isn't righteous. That's why it's so difficult. But notice, notice what Paul says here, and just draw a few principles from this, and then we'll get ready to close. In verse 26, be angry and do not sin. And then notice this, do not let the sun go down on your anger. And so here's the simple principle. Don't let anger linger in your life. Right? You want to control anger. You want to grow from your anger. Listen, we have got to come to a point where we would say, man, I can't let anger linger in my life. Paul puts kind of a time limit on your anger right? He says this, don't let the sun go down before you deal with your anger. Boy, that isn't easy, is it? Right? That we would say, man, I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with this. 
How much conflict could be avoided in your life if we just put this principle into practice? Right? Don't let the sun go down uh, on your anger. Um, we're meant to deal with it in a timely manner because, because if we don't, bitterness sets in. That's the point. Right? There's not some like, magical thing like the sun set on my anger and, and therefore I can't deal with it now. <laughs> like, sorry, hun, you know, it's dark. Like, it'll have to wait till tomorrow, right? Nothing magical happens, right? The point isn't that like, oh no, I didn't deal with it because the sun went down. The point is simply this, that, 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 that Paul's trying to make is like, you, you shouldn't let it linger in your life. That we ought to deal with the anger in our hearts in a timely manner because the longer you let anger steep in your heart, the more bitter you'll become. And some of you here this morning, you're bitter over things that have happened 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago in your life. And you've never dealt with it. And Paul's like, don't even let, don't even let the sun go down. That, that we would actually peer into our hearts. We get angry and, and whatever the case may be, that we'd look inside. Why am I angry? What's going on in my heart? I got to deal with this. Because if I don't, I'll become bitter. Listen, when you do that, it has a redeeming effect in your life and it allows you, it allows us to actually grow closer to the Lord when we confess it and we move on. The problem is we often don't, right? We often don't. Here's another principle. Number four is this anger actually opens a door for Satan to do damage in your life. Uh, Anger actually is this doorway that Satan, if Satan can get into your life, man, he's going to do damage through your anger and through your bitterness if you don't deal with it. Notice in verse 27, and give no opportunity to the devil. I wonder how often we actually do that, don't you? You ever thought, like, I wonder, like, even in my own life, how often do, do I give Satan an opportunity to, to get into my life and into my family through my own anger? I mean, if that's a doorway, then why would I not consider that? right? And it happens in small ways. When we get angry and we get frustrated, we get annoyed with people and with circumstances, we open the door for Satan to do damage in our lives. And let me just tell you, some people, they never recover from that. They never recover because they're not willing to look into their own hearts and lives. Here's the last thing that I'll mention this morning is that we need to replace anger with kindness and forgiveness. This isn't rocket science, This is not hard to comprehend. This is not anything you probably have never heard of before. But these are the things that we need to constantly bring up into our hearts and bring up into our lives because we get angry all the time. Some of us would say, man, I was just angry this morning on the way to church, right? Because somebody didn't get ready in time or whatever the case might be. And, And this is something that happens again and again and again in our hearts and in our lives. And if we never replace it with the things that are holy and righteous and godly, we'll always struggle. And so Paul says this in verses 31 through 32, let all bitterness and let all wrath and let all anger and let all clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That first part of the verse, you read that and it's like, it's real easy to say, hey, just put it away, right? Just stop being angry. Just just let all this anger, get rid of your anger. It's one thing to say that it's another thing to actually make that happen, right? Like if it was that easy, nobody would be angry, right? Nobody would be bitter in life, right? But the key here is what? You've got to replace it. You've got to put something else into your heart, into your life. If you really want to deal with this anger, it's really about what you choose to put into your life. And, And Paul says, you ought to choose to be kind, 
you ought to choose to be tender-hearted. Wouldn't it be a novel idea if in the midst of our anger, we actually did something kind for the person we were angry with? Like, they would be like, who are you, right? Where is my whoever, right? Um, to replace it with the kindness of God, the tender-heartedness of God, choosing to actually forgive instead of hold on. We talked a lot about this in our Galatians series. If you're here with us, that we would walk in the Spirit. And if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the desires of our flesh. And so it really comes down to what are you choosing in life? If you never choose Christ, and if Christ is this, this person that you kind of worship on Sunday morning, but the rest of your week, he's never really present in, in your life, listen, you're never going to walk in the Spirit, and you will always struggle with things like anger, you will always struggle with, with the sins of the flesh. They will always be the prominent thing in your life if you never choose the Spirit of God, right? And so it comes down to who or what is leading you or controlling your life. Is it you or is it the Spirit, right? Like how we answer that question will really determine how we handle our anger. But probably the most sobering, sobering part of this verse, right, that we just read is that last phrase because it really puts, I think, everything into perspective uh, for us. Notice what it says again. It says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, and then underline this last phrase, as God in Christ forgave you. You know what we need to constantly remind ourselves of every single day of our lives? I'm forgiven. That Jesus forgave me, not because I was good and I was righteous and I knew the Bible answers and I went to church or I did all those kinds of things, but, but, but I'm forgiven because of Jesus and what he's done for me. And so in the midst of our conflict and our anger and our circumstances that just send us off the chart, that we would be reminded of this very thing that, hey, in your anger, when you're angry at that person, that you would remind yourself and say, I'm forgiven even of my own anger, were to forgive because Christ has forgiven us. That's a sobering and convicting thought, is it not, this morning? Anger reveals what the heart conceals. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up. Would you stand with me as we get ready to close this morning? What is your heart concealing? Have you ever thought about that? What is your heart concealing this morning? Anger reveals it, is it not? That we would be willing as Christians this morning to say, to not just like pass off and say, nah, it's not a big deal. No, it actually is. Because it's wreaking havoc in your relationships. Maybe as a parent to your kids, a grandparent, maybe there's a strained relationship, whatever the case might be, and there's just anger there. There's bitterness there, right? And, and it's hindering something in your life. Maybe everything you do, you're just like angry because of some past failure, something that happened in your life. Listen, if you never look into your heart and surrender that thing to Jesus Christ, you always struggle with anger. It reveals your heart and my heart. And so what is your heart concealing today? You're never going to handle your anger if you don't address those issues. Christian, it matters. It matters who we are. It matters what we reflect to the world around us. Would we be willing this morning to look a little deeper, to maybe go home and contemplate in our own lives, like, man, have I become that person? 
if I, if I have, here's the wonderful thing, is that God gives us space to repent. He gives us space to confess. He gives us space to say, hey, you get to, to have a clean start. You get to come before me. And, and God's, God's willing to forgive you and, and, and give you a fresh start to say, I, I, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. Asking that question the next time you find yourself upset, why am I angry? What's, what is it revealing? Listen, it has the ability this morning to draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Do you want to be closer to him? Do you want to know him more? Do you want to worship him? Do you, do you want to be filled by him? Do you want to find peace and joy in your, in your life? You've got to deal with the issues of the heart because everything in your life is flowing from all the hurt and all the pain and all the failures, all the things that you've been let down about in life, if you never surrender those things, the cross of Jesus, all of it, here you go. This would be this issue that just kind of keeps recurring in our lives. And it impacts our family and it impacts our relationships and it impacts our testimony and our ability to shine the light of Jesus to the world because we're angry. God, help us this morning to learn to control and redeem our anger God, it's a human emotion we recognize we can't eradicate in our lives, just like others, and we can't completely eradicate sin, but you died for our sin. God, you've forgiven us. You've given us power. You've given us wisdom. You've given us your spirit that we wouldn't live and uh, be held captive to, to our anger and our bitterness in life. God, help us this morning. Help us to peer into our hearts. Help us to ask the hard questions. And God, may we that we actually be willing to do that in one another's lives, to encourage one another, to provoke one another, to love and to good works, that, that we wouldn't live in that anger and that bitterness. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for, for loving us and forgiving us. May we extend that same love and forgiveness to others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you worship one last time with us?